Let us turn to the word of God. The gracious judgment of God. This is the title of my message or this discourse. I like to I want to try to call it. I don't know if that's a good way of describing it because you probably have never heard of that word discourse. I don't know. But anyways, when I if you hear me say it, because I've got it kind of stuck in my mind now, I'm talking about the message of God. Amen. So, um, where does uh, our discourse come? It comes from Romans chapter 11, beginning at verse 33. Please turn to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, beginning at verse 33. We'll be reading from 33 through 36. Please rise for the reading of the word of God. Romans chapter 11. 33 through 36. Please read with me as I read aloud Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor who has ever given to God that God should repay him for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever amen the grass withers and the flowers fade but the word of God will stand forever Amen. Please be seated. Now let us ask God for the illumination of our text. Our Lord and God, give us your spirit. Increase our capacity to listen and learn your word. Increase our understanding of your gospel discourse for the sake of your church and the good of Humanity. Bless our listeners, we ask and we pray for all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Once again, good morning. Good morning. Let me begin by introducing our discourse, our message. What I would like for you to do is to try to remember a couple of weeks ago. Our last message. What was the title of my last message from Romans 11, 25 through 32? The title of my last message from Romans 11, 25 through 32 was the final salvation of Israel by God. Next, what was the topic of my last discourse from this text? The topic of my last discourse from this text was the final salvation of Israel by God. And what was my thesis from this text? I propose that in Romans 11, 25-32, Paul reveals the redemptive plan of God for Israel because Paul wants the church to know 
that God is covenantally saving Israel. And then, how did I show this to you? Well, I show this to you by the following three points. In point number one, I show you that because God is covenantally saving Israel, God is rebuking and disciplining Israel for their sin. I also show that because God is covenantally saving Israel, God will save all Israelites. And then, finally, in point number three, I showed you that because God is covenantally saving Israel, the church is awaiting the return of God. Now that I have covered last week's material, let's cover today's material. What is the title of my discourse from Romans 11, 33-36? Once again, the title of my discourse from Romans 11, 33-36 is... The gracious judgment of God. The gracious judgment of God. Next, what is the topic of my discourse from this text? The topic of my discourse from this text is God's judgment for Israel. Let me repeat that. God's judgment for Israel. Now, what is the thesis of my discourse from this text? The thesis, or that which I am trying to send forth to you, and the message that I'm trying to get across to you, is that in this discourse from this text, is that in Romans 11:33-36, Paul concludes chapter 11, he concludes chapter 11 with a doxology. Because it seems that Paul wants the church to know that God had judged Israel. Now, how will I show this? I will hopefully show all this by the following three points. And point number one, I hope to show that because God had judged Israel, God has been revealing the sin of Israel. And then, secondly, I hope to show that because God had judged Israel, God elected Israel. And then finally, I hope to show in point number three that because God had judged Israel, Christians assemble to honor God. They assemble to honor God. Now that I have outlined today's material, let us go over some textual background and pertinent thematic information. Amen? Now, We've gone over this enough times, and I've been told that too many times already, okay? But I'm sorry, I have to go over it because, listen, um, when I do, you're not the only ones that listen to this, okay? We, we always got to remember that, okay? You have to remember that these messages go, goes out throughout the world, actually. Many, many places. You know, I, I may not... I may not have made this clear to you, but it, on the internet, there 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 are a lot of there are a lot of places that have access to internet now throughout the world, and I I assure you there are people as far as Canada and Europe that listen to our message. Okay, so the reason why I do this and the reason why I try to um, make it as clear as possible what I'm saying is because 
I want them to understand the message as well. Amen? So please be patient with me as I go over this, okay? They need to know this. Even though most of you here right now, you know this stuff, right? Dad talks about it all the time. So, but still, they need to know too. Amen? Who is the author of the book of Romans? The author of the book of Romans is Paul. Next, what is the office of Paul? The office of Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ. What is the genre of Romans? of the Romans discourse. The genre of the Romans discourse is a letter. What is the theme of this letter? According to Paul in Romans, especially in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The theme of this letter, according to Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, is that the gospel reveals how God puts people what? Puts people right. With who? God. God himself, right? And it is through faith from beginning to end. Amen? Amen. Now, who are the recipients of this letter? The recipients of this letter are the Roman, Jewish, and non-Jewish converts who have been translated from the kingdom of Satan and to the future glory of the kingdom of God. It's important to understand this. Next, what is the future glory? Anyhow, the future glory is a condition of blessedness, a condition with past, present, and future realities. Next, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is an eternal, eternal space of eternal blessedness, and eternal joy. I hope everyone got that. Now, remember, this is the word of God that we are speaking about here. The word of God. Remember the God that we are talking about. We believe he is the God almighty. That is, he is all powerful. He is the God that is the creator of all things, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe that this God, ha- this God has revealed himself in three persons, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is his special revelation, and this is who we worship. We worship him according to to these truths. Amen? Amen. Let's begin with point number one. And point number one, I hope to show that because God had judged Israel, God has been revealing the sin of Israel. God had judged whom, according to Paul in Romans eleven thirty three through 36. Let's turn there for a moment. 11:33-36. Now, as I was studying this particular passage, I picked up on this word, judgment. If you look at verse 33, it says, How unsearchable his judgments. 
As you can see, there's no particular name or person that this judgment is in reference to, is it? So, technically, God had not judged anyone according to this particular section. It's pericope, 11.33-36. But now, based upon this information, if God had not judged anyone, according to Paul in Romans 11.33-36, why say that God had judged Israel? I say that God has had judged Israel because Paul reveals an important fact about the judgments of God in this particular section. That is Romans chapter 11, 33 through 36. Are you following with me? So based upon this information, we should ask ourselves, where does Paul reveal this important fact about the judgments of God in Romans 11, 33 36. Well, I've already pointed that out, right? Right there. Paul reveals this important fact about the judgments of God in Romans chapter 11, verse what? 33. Amen? Now, based upon this information, Paul reveals what important fact about the judgments of God. We can ask ourselves that now. Now, I would answer that in Romans 11, 33, 30, uh, 33 Paul exclaims, he exclaims, now this, what I mean by exclaim, I mean that he is, he is excited about the things that he's sharing with us. He's so excited that he exclaims, oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Exclamation point, right? That's that's right there. That's why I say he exclaims. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. So now based upon this information, we can now describe the judgments of God, right? What are, or how does Paul describe the judgments of God in this particular passage? In Romans 11.33. If you look at your text... In Romans 11.33, Paul describes the, judgment of, the judgments of God as unsearchable. They are what? Unsearchable. Now, so, we need to ask ourselves, what are the judgments of God which Paul speaks about here? It seems to me that the judgments of God which Paul speaks about and Romans 11.33 are the fixed purposes of divine grace. The fixed purposes of divine grace. Louis Burkhoff, a great theologian, writer, teacher, says that the decree of God, the decree, you got to follow with me, the decree of God is his eternal plan or purpose in which he has foreordained all things that come to pass. He has foreordained all things that come to pass. What do I mean by this? Or what, does, or what did Burkhoff mean by this? 
The best way I can describe this to you is that God, unlike us, is a supreme, is the supreme, not a, but is the supreme being with infinite knowledge, with infinite wisdom. He knows all things. He sees all things. When? Before it even happens. Before it even happens, he knows what it's going to be. He knows how it's going to turn out. And he orders all these things. He causes all these things to happen according to his divine purpose. Which, in this particular case, in this particular passage, in the context of this passage, is based upon his grace. Now, this grace, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but you need to understand that this is who we are talking about. We're talking about, again, an all-powerful God. And this is what, really, Paul is excited about. This sensology comes at the end of a long, long series of messages that I've preached on. It started way back in Romans chapter 9. Let's go there real quick. Romans chapter 9. In this particular section, I don't know if you recall, many, many moons ago, (laughs) a long time ago, right? I preached from this particular section. In Romans chapter 9, beginning at verse 1, all the way through up to verse 29, it talks about the sovereign, God's sovereign choice. Again, now, God chose Israel before Israel ever existed. And that's why, again, I am confident what Paul is talking about here, he's talking about the purpose of God as revealed, as revealed in His divine grace. Amen? In His sovereign choice. Also, he talked about Israel's unbelief. He talked about why Israel doesn't believe that Jesus is the Christ, the very Savior of the world, the Son of God. Why they don't believe it? It's because of God's purpose. It was His purpose. I don't know, whenever you read the Gospels, have you ever thought to yourself, wasn't why was it that the twelve disciples that walked around with Jesus for some reason they just didn't get it. They just didn't they just couldn't get it. They just couldn't understand why Jesus was saying the things that he said and he was doing the things that he did and ultimately end up dying. They just didn't get it. Why? They didn't get it. Because of God. Listen. God, again, in everything that we do, He has a purpose for it. And He causes these things to happen according to His purpose. He revealed Christ when He was ready to reveal Christ. He revealed Christ at just the right time. His Son, at just the right time. 
He sent him. He sent Jesus to die for our sins at just the right time, which is what? His time. That's the way it is. That's the way God works. You know, God, He might not come when you want Him to, but guess what? He will come when He's ready. He will come when He's ready. Amen? He will fulfill all that He has planned and purposed from eternity, especially in Christ Jesus. This is His desire. This is his, his he, he wants to do this out of his good pleasure, out of his love. Amen? Now, I don't want to go too much further, but I'm sharing this with you because all of this, Israel's unbelief. Then moving over into chapter 11, the remnant of Israel and grafted branches, we are, Israel is. All Israel will be saved. All of this, Paul, that, that Paul has spoke about, he now, basically, he's, he's, he's summing it up right here in these three verses, or five, um, four verses, 33-36. With these words, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment. How unsearchable his his purposes, how unsearchable his decisions, how unsearchable they are, and his paths beyond tracing out. Paul is just, he's like, that's all this stuff, you know what? I still don't fully understand, but this is what God has revealed to me. And so now I'm revealing it to you. And listen, there's still things about it that all of us, we're not going to fully understand, just like Paul did. We're just not going to fully understand. Why? Because God is too, too big for us to fully understand. Infinite, infinite, an infinite God is, is, is beyond our, our capacity to, to fully comprehend. Why? Because we have finite minds. We have finite comprehension. We can't, we can't see fully the future. And it's probably good that God has created us that way. That we can't fully see the future. Because if we could see the future like God sees the future, guess what? We'd probably just stay put in one place and never do anything. Because we'll be too afraid. We'll be so, we'll be so, we'll be so, we'll be, we'll be caught by so much fear. So much trepidation that we just won't be able to move even. We'll just be like, I can't do it. Because I know if I walk out this door, if I go out this house, if I leave this spot that I'm in right now, there's something bad is going to happen to me. Right? Amen? So, you know, but God, He, he sees all these things way before they happen. Now, I, I'm, I don't want to go too far on that. But based upon this information, um, we can see that although... Okay, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. The decree of God and His eternal plan or purpose in which He has foreordained all things to come to pass. That's what we've just been talking about. And, you know, we see a lot of that here in our passage. We have seen that, right? I've shown that to you. 
Based upon this information, what are the fixed purposes of divine grace? Now, the meaning of what are the fixed purposes of divine grace is vague in Romans chapter 11, 33. It's very vague. But, however, like the following definition of grace by the ISBE, I think this will help a little bit. They say that a rigid definition is hardly possible, but still a single conception that all a Christian has, listen, all a Christian has or is, is centered exclusively where? In God and Christ. And it depends utterly on who? On God through Christ. Really, that's what this is all about. This is what grace is really all about. Everything that we have, everything that we are, is in God and it's in Christ. Amen? Amen. So now, based upon this information, we can ask, what is the judgment of God? Well, the answer of this, again, is that it's the fixed purposes of His divine grace. And then, based upon this information, what are the fixed purposes of divine God uh, for humanity, it is clear, I think, in Romans discourse, which is in Romans chapter 11, um, 25 to 32. So, although it's not clear in Romans chapter 11, 33, the fixed purposes of divine grace for humanity are clear. Where? In Romans 11, 25 to 32. And I just touched on that, not only there, but also beginning from Romans chapter 9. Remember, I, I talked a little bit about that. We can see that there too. Beginning with God's what? Sovereign choice. His election in, in eternity. Now, let's, let us turn over to uh, uh, Romans chapter 11, 25. Let's turn there for a moment. Because I want to bring this out just a little bit further so you can see this and see where I'm going. Follow with me where I'm going, I should say. Oh, did I say Romans 25? I meant Romans chapter 11. I don't know if I said that or not. But Romans chapter 11, beginning at verse 25. Everybody there with me? If you're there with me, say amen. Amen. Alright. Now, over in Romans chapter 11, 25 through uh, 32, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Now understand, it basically talks about all Israel will be saved. Correct? Now, One of the things I want us to look at, or one of the verses that I really want us to look at, is verse 32. Look at verse 32 for a moment. It reads, But God has bound all men over to what? God has bound all men over to what, people? You should be reading along, please. Pick up your Bible and read along, please. God has bound... We're looking at verse 32. I need to know that you're with me. Romans 11, verse 32. God has bound all men over to what? Everyone? Disobedience. To disobedience. Why? So that he may have mercy on them all. Now, this is part of the fixed purpose 
of divine grace for humanity. Did you know that? If you didn't know that, you should know it now. This is what is part of the fixed purpose of divine grace or part of the judgment of God. Is that he has purposed to bound all mankind, all humanity, over to disobedience. To who? To God. So based upon this information, we need to ask ourselves, what is, well, we don't need to ask that. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty clear, I think, right? Disobedience is what? First of all, in this passage, it's a translation of a particular word, a pay-theon, a pay-theon, and, um, excuse me. <coughs> now, what is not clear in this text, disobedience because see, we don't. When we think of disobedience, oftentimes, especially children, you think about disobedience, disobeying what your parents, disobeying their rules, disobeying what they tell you to do. But now, this particular word, disobedience, there's a what is called an extra meaning. It connotes it connotes something else. It has a it has a connotation, a certain connotation or an implied meaning, which really it's about. Not only just disobedience to God, it is also disbelief in the Christian gospel. Are you with me? It's a disbelief in the Christian gospel. So now, based upon this information, <coughs> God caused mankind to be what? So if God calls, call, okay, your first, your first words, your first thought would be God caused all humanity to be disobedient. So did God cause all mankind or all humanity to sin? It would seem that way if, if he called them all to be disobedient, then he what? He calls them all to sin. But listen, excuse me, refrain from that thought. Never think that thought. God is not the author of sin. Listen, excuse me. We have to think back a little bit and understand that we have to think back and and, 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 and think about think about what God is saying. Or what the Bible says about God. If you think back in the beginning, right, who sinned first? It was Adam and Eve. They sinned. Now, Adam and Eve were not created like that. They, did not, they were not created in sin. Sin entered through Adam's and Eve's their transgression. That's where it entered in. So, but now what God has done, basically, when it says that he has bound them over to disobedience... He has basically he has left them in that in that in that particular state of or condition of being. That's uh, condition of being. I should say he has left them in a state of disobedience. Meaning that listen, we we are sinners because what we can't do anything else but sin. Are you with me now? Yeah. It's important to understand that. So God calls. 
all to be guilty of disobedience or unbelief of the gospel of Jesus doesn't mean that he, he caused them to sin. We're responsible for our own sin. But guess what? Only way we can get out of our sin, the only way we can get back into a right relationship with God whereby we obey God is by who? It has to be by God himself. Amen? So now, this is our relation. This is our relation. This is how we are in relation to God. Okay? And we got to keep that in focus as, we, as we're traveling along here. Because we don't want to get lost into thinking that God is the author of sin or that God causes us to sin. Because he would never do that. He is not. If he, if he did that, he would be against himself. And he's not against himself. And clearly the Bible shows that. It shows that he's in union with himself. He's in, he's in union with his purpose, his divine purpose from the very beginning. Amen? Now, <clears throat> that I've, I've, made, I've cleared that up. I hope I've cleared that up. That God is not the, the one that causes us to sin. Why had God bound Israel over to disobedience then? Why did he leave them in a, a condition or a state of, of, of disobedience? Because he, 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 did, he did leave them there. Why did he do that? Well, if we look there in, in 11, 25-32, God had bound Israel over to disobedience in order that what? He would be merciful to Israel. Now this is part of the, 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 what you need to understand that Israel, in relation to God, Israel is in a covenant relationship with God. Amen? And so because he's in a covenant, they're in a covenant relationship, it's a covenant of grace. We need to understand that, we need to understand that um, this information it's important that Jacob had promised God that he would save Israel. This is why I'm bringing this all out. All of this is going back. See, listen, God works according to a plan and a purpose, and that he, he will fulfill. He does it, and he has purpose to do this in his promises, according to his promises. Amen? Amen. So what has God been revealing according to Paul in Romans 11, 25-32? God has been revealing the disobedience of Israel in the covenant of grace, right? Which I just talked about, which was given where? At Sinai. Remember, way back, Moses, all that. So, um, you know, you got to remember when all this, when this, all this take, had taken place. Excuse me. <coughs> yeah, it's really coming out with this cold. It's starting to work on me again. So now, um, Israel, they sinned under the Sinaitic covenant, according to Paul in Romans 11, 25-32. And according to Paul in Romans 11, 25-32, Israel's disobedience under the Sinaitic covenant is a violation of the terms of the Mosaic or Sinaitic covenant. you got to understand that. They violated the terms. So all Israel is guilty of sin because of the Mosaic covenant God gave them. Way back in the beginning. Amen? They're the, they're the representative, representatives. Just like Adam and Eve. Same thing. They're the representatives. That's how God sees 
the head saw them at one time especially. Uh, they're the representatives. Am I, are you guys following me here? Because for some reason I'm not, I'm not, I feel like I'm not connecting with you guys here. I feel like, you know, you guys are not seeing this. You gotta, you gotta get this. God, um, um, in the, in the, in the, in this covenant, the covenant of grace, God has chosen or elected key people to represent Him. And, and He had given, given His law, and the problem is, is that they broke His, broke His laws. And so, when they broke his laws, that was a sign that what God had said about them was true. And that is, is that they're incapable of doing anything that God would have for them, especially anything that is good. Amen? Yeah. Alright. So now, if you guys got that, then I can move on to point number two. And now that I have shown that you know, we are all in a state of sin. We are all in a state of brokenness before God. Um, man in the covenant of grace. Now, we need to understand that God elected whom, according to Paul in Romans 11, 32, uh, 25 through, uh, I'm sorry, 25 through uh, 33. Who did he elect? He elected Israel. Amen? Amen. Now, again, I bring out this election because this is, a, this, this is it seems to me, what Paul wants to know is in response to the revelation of the mercy of God, which the Holy Spirit has revealed. All the way, again, back beginning from 9 through 11, Romans 9 through 11. So, Man in the covenant of grace, God elected, right? Paul talks about this election. And so, that's why I said that um, God elected Israel. He elected them because that was his purpose from the very beginning. His purpose was to bring forth a people that he could call his own and that he would give to the Son, that is Jesus Christ, and that he would die for these people. For, for these people, and not only for, for Israel, but for us as well. Amen? We're all included in this same covenant of grace. It's nothing different. It's the same covenant of grace. Although it was administered in different ways, like for example, it was administered in the, um, back in, um, in the, the Old Testament, it was administered, one of them was administered in the beginning and with um, Adam and Eve. And then again, it was administered to, it was talked about. When I say administered, I mean it was talked about, it was foretold. It was told, foretold to Abraham, or I should say Noah, then Abraham, right? And it just kept on going like that, all the way up into to Jacob. And then to the people of Israel, that is, the descendants of Jacob. Amen? So, now, with all this in, in mind... I hope to show also that because God had judged Israel, and I'm moving on to point number three, the final point, um, Christians assemble to honor God. We assemble. What does that mean? We assemble. We come together to honor God because of what He has done. 
according to what we just talked about. We come to honor Him for that. We, 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 we praise Him for that. And that's what really this doxology is all about. Paul is praising God for all that He has done for His elect people in Christ Jesus. That is, those people who He has given to Christ Jesus, those people who He had, he had chosen way even before they even knew what was happening to them. And that's normally how it is with us, even as Christians. I don't know if, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't really quite know what's going on until God finally shares it with us through the preaching of the gospel. You know, I didn't know that I was really saved, truly saved, until I heard it through a preacher. And it hit me. And it made sense that, wow, you know, I'm a child of God, not because of something I said, not because of something I did, because I know, but everything that I did, it was nothing but sinful before God. Everything that I did broke his heart. Everything that I did broke his laws. You know, just just a miserable person. But God, he picked me. Because that's what he had purpose to do anyways. That was his purpose. That was part of his plan. <laughs> Amen? Isn't that, that's, that, that right there is good news. Wouldn't you say so? I mean, when you know how bad you really sin, how, how badly a sinner you really are, you, you know, you, I don't know about you, but for me especially, I'm just talking about myself now, and I hope it is for you. You can't help but praise God, but want to praise, praise God. And give him all the praise. And give him all the glory. And so, this is, this is what we do. This is why we assemble. This is why we come together as a group. We come together. Because like Paul, we, 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 we are excited about what God has done. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. He's like, oh man, thank you God for revealing to me. The wretch that I am. The sinner that I am. Thank you for revealing these things to me. That Jesus is my Lord. That Jesus is my Savior. That His righteousness is my righteousness now. And verse 34. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been His counselor? Listen. Nobody, nobody told God to save me. Or to save you. Or to save anybody. You know, when Adam and Eve first sinned, he could have just said, okay, that's the end of the show. Let's just close it up. Let's just close this show up. But he, he was like, no problem. I got this covered. Listen, we got it covered, I should say. Because when, he's talking about, when I say we, I'm talking about he's one God. That's true. But the three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they were like, this is, this is, this is our time now to show to show that the Father, God the Father, is a merciful Father. And that even when we're, when, listen, even when we're faithless, He's what? Faithful. He's faithful. Amen? <laughs> Who has ever given to God that God should repay Him? Nobody. Nobody is able to outgive God. Nobody can ever give God so much that now He's like, oh man, I got to give them now. I got to give to them. No, it's not like that. God chose Israel. There was nothing, nothing special about Israel. Nothing whatsoever. Matter of fact, they were probably, 
They were they were like a third world, uh, not even a third world nation when he picked them. You know, so listen, and and then I think about myself, and I hope that you think about yourself too. Why did God choose you? If you really thought about it, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing really special about us that God should choose us. He chose us because he wanted to. It was part of his purpose. Amen. That's what Paul is talking about here. Who who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are what? Are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Right? That's what Paul is excited about. It's like to him be the glory. Not to me. Not to you. Not to the church. Not to anyone else. But to who? God. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, so based upon all this information, let's close. And point number one, I hope I show that because God had judged Israel, God has uh, been revealing or, uh, the sin of Israel. He, that's basically, he's been not only revealing the sin of Israel, but he's been revealing all of our sin. For, you know, those who know me, they know, you know, you guys know I'm a sinner. I sin. But does God leave me in my sin? No, he doesn't. Matter of fact, now, how do I know that? Because I ask God for forgiveness. And I hope that I ask you, if I ever sin against you, I hope that I will ask you for forgiveness. And I hope that's what we all do. Amen? And point number two, I hope I show that God... Because God had judged Israel, God elected Israel. Now, again, remember, judge, what is God, what, what, judge, what, he, what I mean judge, that means that he had purposed. He already made up in his mind, I'm, I'm going to elect Israel. He already made up in his mind, I'm going to elect Dennis. He already made up in his mind that I'm going to elect Dennis in, 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 and I'm going to give him over to, to, to the Son, to Christ Jesus. He already made up his mind that. That's for all of us, I hope. Only you know, though, for, for sure. Amen? And point number three, I hope I show that because God had judged Israel, we, we come together to, to, to magnify that, to, to represent God. You know, you always hear representing, right? Well, that's what we're doing. We're representing. We're representing God. Amen? Amen. By the preaching of the Word. By, the, by partaking of the Lord's Supper. By... Loving one another, encouraging one another, being there for one another, through thick and thin, I mean, for bad and for good. Amen. That's what we do. That's what we. That's what we are all about as a as a church, as a believing body of God, a believing body of Christ, members of Christ. We're followers of Christ. We we're about honoring God, just like He did, all the way to the cross, even through death. Amen. And that the Holy Spirit, is, He has set us apart for this very reason, for this very purpose. He's renewing us. He's remaking us into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, listen, that's the end of this section, Romans 9-11. through 11. So you probably won't hear me, hear me talk a whole lot more about Israel. Because, but that, I, I, I talked a lot about Israel because that's really what 9-11 through 11 is all about. And now Paul has closed this and now I'm closing it out too. That like Israel, we too have been joined to Christ. We have been chosen by God and joined to Christ. We have, been, we have received a blessing from Him. 
and that is the, the righteousness of Christ. Amen? Amen? The forgiveness of sins. Do you believe? That is the good news. Do you believe that in Christ your sins have been forgiven as a gift from God? As a gift. You know, a lot of people, you know, I got to say this real quickly. A lot of people say it's free. But you know what? It's not free. It's not free because it wasn't free for Christ. Trust me. When he died on the cross, when he was punished, when he was when he was bruised for our transgressions, when all of our sins was 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 basically was he was made accountable for all our sins. Trust me, that's not free. It wasn't free for him at all. So there's nothing free about this. And you got to get that out of your mind right now. This is not this is not something that 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 should be thought of as just like okay, well God just cleared all of your sins away for 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 no reason at all, and it's just you know He just He just decided to do it. No, he, they work together to do this. Amen. Don't take it for granted. That's my point. Let's close in prayer. Our Lord God, thank you for giving us your Spirit. Thank you for increasing our knowledge and love for you. That was a tough one, Lord. I gotta admit. Oh, it's just really tough today for me with my. But I, I hope, Father, that you were glorified through this song. Increase our knowledge and love for you. Thank you for doing that. You have done that. I hope today for all of us. And thank you for enlightening us with this marvelous discourse from your written word. Bless our listeners. We pray. And we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, please rise for the doxology. Now to him who is able to keep and strengthen you according to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the mystery that has or was kept secret for a very long time, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God. To bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory and honor, both dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Please enjoy one another. Say hello to everyone and have a blessed day. I love you.